0: Struggling for purpose for August twentieth, twenty twenty. My name is John Wilkerson, and joining me today is Eric Price. He is the co-founder of the State Mate, which provides uh, state patriotic socks for uh, for weddings, for everyday wear. If you want to, if if you like wearing uh, dress socks. And he's also a YouTuber and he recently started a Kickstarter of the most patriotic card deck ever made. Eric, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, John.
0: Um, So the reason I had you on is because I was watching a recent video of yours on YouTube and you had on a whiteboard behind you, it said Journey to Revelation.
1: So my wife and I, we have two in there. We have one that kind of has some numerical goals on it. And that way we can track our progress with some things and to-do lists. And then this other one, it's kind of just there. It's there, it's like kind of a mantra.
0: On your YouTube channel, you don't really mention your faith very often. Um, right. You have mentioned it in the past, but you don't really dig deep into it. And I have been the same with my homeschooling podcast. And I'm wondering if if your reason is the same is the same as mine. So I'd like to hear why you don't really dig into it
1: it's not that I'm uh, ashamed or afraid of it. I just think, you know, the, the audience that I'm hitting, I'm not, I'm not here to preach to anyone. If people want to ask me about my faith, that's fantastic. Like I'm happy to go there, but I think, you know, for the purpose of my, for, you know, for your viewers, I, I run a, a YouTube channel where I teach about gig work and how to monitor, you know, maximize your earnings out on the road, whether you're doing Uber or DoorDash or, or Lyft. And I, me, I see everything through the lens of, you know, the Lord's, you know hand is in my life and in providing me with with revelation what others might see as luck or you know just uh, you know knowledge through your own experience which you know it's easy to make that case but i kind of see the lord's hand like helping me to learn things that help me to master my craft and that's a, the lens i see things through but i know that not everyone else does and i don't want to push anyone away if they don't see the world the same way that i do
0: right and that was exactly that's exactly the same reason i haven't done the same thing on on my podcast in fact uh, the couple of times that I did mention it, I got uh because the homeschooling community is very divided. There's the religious homeschoolers and there's the secular homeschoolers. And I've had secular homeschoolers reach out to me and say, Thank you for being secular friendly, because mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of homes- homeschooling podcasts out there for us.
1: Yeah, it seems like, you know, just in in my because I'm a Latter-day Saint. So in our, our you know, I wasn't homeschooled, but I I went to to church with, with people that were, and it seems, and just with my limited knowledge of homeschooling, it seems like there's a religious edge to the reason why a lot of people choose to do it. And so I wouldn't have even known that there was like a a secular community within that community.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it divides, it can divide even further, even among there's Catholic homeschoolers and then there's, you know, LDS homeschoolers. Um, There's a new like black homeschooling wave that has started. Um, because they're not getting educated in the inner city the way you know kids who have the privilege of going to a good school can
1: I would argue that's not false in in some circumstances yeah absolutely yeah.
0: yeah so journey to revelation let's talk about that what's what's that all about I can so
1: this there is a so in in our faith we believe there's a, a you know this might. Be contrary to some other, you know, Christian beliefs. We we believe there's a living prophet, someone that kind of a, is a you know mouthpiece for the Lord. In one of his his talks, um, he talked about how it's our duty to receive answers from the Lord for ourselves. That like as much as you know, it is important that we we trust that the people that we're being led by, whether it's our our bishop or a pastor or whatever, that they might receive answers for a community and you know guidance. But it's our it's our duty to get answers for our, ourself, for our family, for those in our, our sphere of influence. And he kind of went through some, you know, principles that I I wrote down. So one of the things he suggests is, is uh, to find a place where you can regularly go and to pray in the name of Jesus Christ and seek answers after you're done praying to listen and then to record the things that you hear or the things that you feel to make an effort to increase your obedience and to essentially learn the commandments, whether that's what qualifies me for answers or not, that's up to the Lord, but like to increase your purity and thereby increasing your ability to have the spirit with you um, feasting upon the scriptures every day and not just And which is, that's a, that's a tough thing. That's a tough thing to, to build your schedule, right? Like if, you know, growing up, we, we, I came from a family who we went to church every Sunday, every single Sunday, but there wasn't a lot of extracurricular outside of Sunday worship. Like, mm. and so we had that part of our routine down where we, we, we were good at that thing. We were good at like showing up on Sunday for, our, you know, our, our, we go to church for three hours. So we're going, good for that three hour block. And then throughout the week, there wasn't, you know, we didn't really pray much as a family. We didn't, I could probably count on one hand, the number of times we read scriptures as a family. And, you know, I, I remember that when I went and stayed at other friends' houses, whether part of my faith or different faith, that seemed like they would invite me to read scriptures with their family. And I was like, man, this is something that we're like totally missing at home. So that was something that he talked about is daily feasting on the scriptures. And, you know, feasting is a very, is kind of an action word. It's not just like open it up close. It. And then, um, regular time committed to right now, we, we, uh, we believe like not just church buildings, but also like there are temples on the earth, just kind of like the Jews had synagogues and temples. So like the synagogue would be like our church building. And so we like regular temple worship, which are not open right now um, due to COVID. And then uh, the last thing is expressing gratitude for the things that you have and respecting the Lord's timetable for things. And a lot of those things, they're not like profound. Like those are things that we, like, I think everyone kind of knows, but as I, as I put that, this up on my wall and as I realize what it is, it's about developing a routine. And, you know, even just the name of your podcast about struggling for purpose, I think that's a, a lot of what for me has been an issue. And I think for a lot of people, especially in the day that we live in, is just not having enough structure in your life, not having a routine. And I don't know, what are, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I mean, first off, I would say, you know, a lot of what you're saying is not exclusive to LDS. I think no. there are you know there are, there are protestants and catholics uh, and orthodox christians that would say yeah absolutely I can agree with that. Yeah. I mean because of where I think where I came from I I wasn't born in into my christianity I came to it as a, as a as a teenager. And one of the very first things that was taught to me was, look, you need to pray regularly. You need to read your Bible every day. You need to do all of these things. And it doesn't sound like maybe that was something that was in, in your family.
1: So, like, I think just for you, even though I grew up going to church, like for me, those, those habits were not really ingrained in me and they became more valued to me. They can't they, they had more value to me when I actually put them in action, whereas you you'll you'll probably say the same thing coming from never doing it and then doing it you're like wow, there's a huge difference,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think finding that time is is one of the one of the toughest things that that I have found, and which is why I get up at you know between five and five thirty every morning because <laughs> <laughs> in a house full of kids like I have, that's the only quiet time that I have. Uh, is, is when I'm up in the morning by myself. You have to be in prayer constantly. You have to be in the scripture constantly in order to receive that revelation. And, you know, I was actually just reading a Bible study this morning that was talking about in, in the book of James, you know, when you, when you pray you, and ask God for wisdom, it doesn't just say ask God for wisdom in the big things in life.
1: If any of you like let him ask of God, right? Who give it to all? I mean, that's pretty pretty cut and dry. Like if you, whatever it is, whether it's finances, whether it's, you know, your faith, like it's kind of like, hey, like that's what I'm here for is to give you answers.
0: So I want to talk a little bit more about some of your business endeavors. You started a company with your brother called The State Mate. Tell us about that.
1: So yeah, something we're really proud of. So the origins of The State Mate, my brother got married in 2015, a year before me. He's younger than me. And we have uh, a, a bit of a competitive flair to our, our brotherly relationship. Uh, he gave all of the groomsmen uh, these uh, American flag socks. And the pictures came out really cool. And so when I got married a year later, I was like, man, I want to do something like that. Except all my groomsmen were from different states. And so I was like, I'm going to get them all socks from the state that they're from, or their state flag. And I looked around. And obviously, I'm from California. You can get anything with the California flag on it. Well, that's not necessarily true for some of these uh, less represented states. And so I I was having a tough time finding Wyoming and Washington and things like that. And I decided, you know, they really don't exist. There's no company that does this. Why don't we just start one? And so that's what my brother and I did. We're like, I don't know if there's really enough, uh, like enough market for this, but hey, let's give it a shot. So we did. We actually ran a Kickstarter for this back in uh, 2016. And. Did really well. Since that point, we're in 17 stores now across the country. We're primarily in uh, state capital gift shops, which is a really good, really good market for us right outside you know, state capital. Like, people got the flag in front of them. So yeah, we've been doing really well. It's been growing. I wouldn't say exponentially, but growing incrementally each year and a little more stable, a little more successful. And so we decided, like you mentioned earlier, well, why don't we just add a, a second product? to the to line and let's do the cards, something that my brother and I grew up playing a lot of poker and, <laughs> uh, and, you know, in, amongst our friends as well as against one another. And, you know, it's it like, hey, uh, something I like and something you know, kind of fits the bill. There's 50 states, six territories, uh, it's like a perfect match made in heaven. So we, we did that um, to the homeschooling edge. When I was young, I remember uh, my Cub Scout leader gave me this cassette tape with uh, this children's song of all the states and capitals on it. And to this day, as silly as it is, I remember the whole song. I haven't listened to it in years. And so every time I go in and take a test, I would just like sing the song in my head because that's the only place I'd ever ever seen, you know, even paid attention to the states and capitals. I could get a hundred percent every time. And so I felt it was it was kind of a cool idea, something that like a, a non almost like a non-learning way to learn. Like a non an unstructured learning way to play cards and you hold them in your hands. You're, you're just going to learn on accident, you know, learn the, what each flag looks like. You could pick it out. Uh, you know, you could see it for a mile away once you look at them long enough. So.
0: Yeah. It combines a lot of information that homeschoolers would be looking for. You know uh, there's, there's a big debate in, in education in general, whether or not rote memorization uh, is, is beneficial In a sense of you know, just what's the purpose of just being able to pull these facts out of your head? But the one thing that it does do is it teaches you to memorize things for when you will need to memorize things.
1: Absolutely, because I feel like now it is it is important to know data, and you know if you if you're I don't debate much, but uh, people that do debate, it's important to like be able to have read something and have be able to recall on the spot what you've read to validate a point that you're trying to make. I don't think knowing that Oklahoma city is the capital of Oklahoma is that valuable to your life. But I think, you know, it's a skill that kind of is a, an unmet, unmet need when, when you reached adulthood, if you don't practice it when you're young,
0: you have a YouTube channel where you share about your ride, sharing side hustle. So
1: w- it started out, you know, my, my wife, she's like an, an inspiring YouTuber, except she, she just kind of, documented all the road trips and stuff we've been on. I work for Delta Airlines. So, uh we we have the privilege of of traveling more than the average bear, I think for pretty cheap. And so, you know, we've traveled quite a bit, probably more than we should. But um so she's done that and I, you know, I in order to make it work, I'd have to have a second job that was pretty flexible. So, I just started doing Uber. And because I can, you know, about the most free thing you can do, you can start, you can never do it again if I don't want to, which I haven't for a bit but i realized very quickly there are some some skills that aren't taught they don't teach you how to be successful when you do it and so i was learning on my own i watched a couple other people's videos and my first video i kind of made on a whim just the 10 tips to become a top uber driver because i had a really high rating and i felt that i you know my hourly rate was something i felt pretty comfortable i could do i could repeat a you know a, a repeatable thing and i wanted to cut down the learning curve for other people i didn't really expect to to monetize a channel or anything. And yeah. I, I, so I posted the video, this is like early 2017. And I don't think I even looked at the channel again for like five months. I just posted that one video didn't put, and then I went back on the channel. I had like 500 subscribers. I was like, Holy crap. Like, I guess I'm actually like maybe helping someone at all these comments. I kid you not. I didn't have the app on my phone. Nothing. I just posted this video, never went back to it. And so I was like, man, this is a real opportunity to maybe down the road, be able to monetize it because you need at least a thousand subscribers to monetize your channel and 4,000 hours of watch time, which is a lot. So I I never really made it like intending to really make money off of it. It was just kind of like, hey, maybe I can help some people. And if somebody signs up, I get a referral bonus. Awesome. But as I found that there is a, a, you know, a large enough group of people that really appreciated not being lost when they started doing it, especially right now, people were out of work and trying to figure out Additional ways to bring home money without being tied to a job, just in case they're they're able to go back to their job soon. It's just been a, a godsend for people to be able to come and watch, you know, some short stuff on how to go from having no clue how to get started to having a pretty good idea what they need to do wherever they live to be successful.
0: Before I started driving, you were one of the channels that I started watching. Oh, cool! Uh, this was like uh, eighteen months ago because I started researching it about six months before I started doing it. Cause I'm like, I'm not just going to jump into this.
1: Yeah. And I, I learned really quick. There are some headaches that you can avoid me personally. I don't know about you. I don't drive at night, even though it's, it can be more successful, but there, uh, there are some risks and caveats that come with driving bar scene. and.
0: Yeah. I don't usually drive past 10 o'clock at night. Um, yep.
1: That's why that is wise.
0: Uh, so <laughs> sometimes I'll stretch it to midnight, but most times I don't drive. I, dri- I don't drive after ten o'clock at night. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that I I've really found about your channel was just how forthcoming you were with information, and just how how gracious you were. Because when you were putting up the uh, the videos of of the ride-alongs with, 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 passengers. And even some of them who were, you know, kind of rude, you were, you were still very, very gracious. Whereas, you know, everyone else is putting up, you know, kicking them out of the car and <laughs> stuff like that.
1: So I think for me, I've just, you know, and I've talked about it in some other videos. I, in a lot of the ways that we we respond to, to issues is the way we prepare our minds for when they happen. So, uh, you know, it's the same thing we were taught in church. You have to know, you know, when you're, when you're faced with the temptation, you already have to know what you're going to do when you're in that situation. If you don't, then you you don't really know what decision you're going to make, whether it's drinking or drugs or anything. Like if you don't have, you haven't already made up in your mind how you're going to respond to it. So I, I don't, I'm not saying to the same level that I've done that with rideshare, but I already know, like my job is to leave the house with a positive attitude and try to exude that onto other people. Hopefully I, and you know, in Los Angeles, pretty much everything's controversial these days to somebody like, you know what I mean? Like, and so I try to, when I've driven and I've, I've had people in my car, whether it's a a raging Trump supporter or, you know, the opposite people that want to overthrow the government. I've had every, all the spectrum. I, you know, I like to understand where people are coming from and keep my, uh, what might be um, fringe thoughts to myself and, and just, you know, try to exude, you know, joy and and happiness on other people. And 99.9% of the time people thank me. Um, You know how many times I've had people say, man, you're the best Uber driver I've ever had. I don't really do anything over the top. I've just prepared myself for how I'm going to interact with people before I ever leave my house.
0: Right. And I think, I think like, like you said, choosing when you, when you drive Mm -hmm. helps with that. It absolutely helps with that because you're not dealing with anyone who's, you know, most of the time you're not dealing with anyone who's not in their right mind because it's been influenced by alcohol or drugs or, or, or whatever,
1: you know, it doesn't take much for people to act. You know, I learned that really quick when I started in San Francisco, I was driving after work. So I was driving from like six to midnight, sometimes one in the morning. And you find out real quick, it's, you get a different crowd than when I, when I would drive. 4 a.m to 10 a.m I'm able to avoid traffic most of the time I'm just taking people to work everyone's in either sleepy or in a they haven't had a, any external forces drag them down so most people are in a pretty good talkative mood anyways and i I just found that to be so much fun to just you get all walks of life
0: when I was when i uh, when I was driving into the office that was when I made money on my way into work you know on my commute
1: Cause that's how I, when I, when I first started, so I was, I was living in Sacramento, driving to San Francisco and I put on a destination trip when I got about an hour away and almost, I'd say 90% of the time I'd end up with a a trip, oftentimes going right to the airport where I was going to work. And Yeah. yeah, this is great. I'd make, I'd make 30 bucks on my commute. It was like, oh my gosh, like anyone that's not doing this, like it's free to click, go online. Like anyone that's not putting on a destination trip, going to their job, I think is missing out.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, well, especially if you work at an airport.
1: Long trips, like oftentimes, not deviating from my course in any way. I could might be off the exit, pick them up, taking them right where I'm going anyway. So, for me, it was nice.
0: You actually lived in your car for a while too, didn't you?
1: Yes, and I I'm not afraid or ashamed to say it. If you're familiar with uh, rent prices in San Francisco, they are not what it's like in in Saratoga Springs, New York. And the people that I would talk to, the things that I would hear would just blow my mind. So I was, you know, I was in the process of getting married. And so I, I was living with my parents up in Sacramento. It turned out my wife was on a J one visa. And so her, con- her, uh, contract ended, she was a nanny for a family, her, uh, her contract. ended, so she ended up moving in with my parents, but I wasn't, I was hardly ever there. So I'd, <laughs> I'd come back like two nights a week, but I would, uh, I would drive down to San Francisco work, uh, eight hours, go to bed right away. This is when I finally changed my routine where I wasn't driving at night. And uh, I, would, uh, I would go to sleep right away after work, wake up, drive eight hours, go to the gym, work out and shower, go back to work and then go home. So I was doing these two day cycles and I'm not saying I would recommend it to everyone, but with a Prius it's on a, uh, hey, when you're, when you're, on a budget. it wasn't, it wasn't awful. It was, it was uh, something I would prefer to never have to do again, but I, I wouldn't change to what I did in any way. I saved thousands of dollars doing it.
0: So one of the things that has kept me watching your channel is you always say, this might not work for you. This is what works in my market. And so whenever you would share that, I was always thinking, okay, so how's that going to work in my market? Cause he's in a lot denser population. He's got a couple airports nearby most of the people around here own cars. So I had to think about, all right, how am I going to adapt that to my style of driving in my area? And ev- most everyone else on their channels was saying, this is what you need to do to be successful. And I'm like, well, that's not going to work for me.
1: If you live in downtown LA, like things that work here, like they might not work. Like, I don't know what it would be, but most even small towns might have a, a rental car place where, you know, people drop off a car and now they need a ride. Like, and so you just got to adapt like every, every place is going to be, be different. San Francisco is vastly different than Los Angeles. The type of customers you get. Oh my gosh. Not, not the same. Yeah, you're right. I think, you know, you have to take, uh, my dad always said, you know, listen to people. It's like a smorgasbord, you know, my, maybe out of the 10 things you're fed, maybe only three of them are going to help you cast the seven away and just use those three principles that are really, really good for you. So.
0: Well, listen, man, it has been great having you appreciate it. Uh, Where can people get in touch with you and get some, get some socks and get some cards? If you go to
1: thestatemate.com, www.thestatemate.com, you can get, our cards won't be available until October. That's when we're going to be delivering on the Kickstarter, probably towards the end of October when they'll actually get shipped. You can get any of the socks right now. Like in all of my videos, I have a a code, uh, it's Uber30, lowercase or capital doesn't matter. Uber30, you get 30% off your whole order. That goes for all our state stocks. So some of the other print-on-demand stuff doesn't follow that because we we uh, outsource that. But all the socks we keep in-house. That's ready. And hopefully by uh, late October, we're going to have the cards ready for delivery.
0: Excellent. And are they going to be available on the site to buy as well? On our website. We'll also have them uh, on
1: Etsy and uh, probably uh, Amazon Fulfillment as well. But uh, we make more if you buy it from our site.
0: All right. Thanks again, man. I really I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Once again, I want to thank Eric for coming on the podcast and agreeing to be interviewed. You can probably tell by the way this is edited, we had some connectivity issues. I don't know if it was on my end or his end. He did have some troubles on his end. I had some troubles on my end. There was some crosstalk. So thanks for sticking it out. Remember to check out thestatemate.com get your socks, and when they're available, get your cards. And I do want to let you know that I am doing another giveaway for a movie. If you go over to strugglingforpurpose.com, you can see that giveaway there. Links to everything his YouTube channel and the statement will all be in the show notes of your app. You can swipe left, swipe right, tap wherever you need to to get that information. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking me in your ears.